As we join together today, either gathered in church or in our own homes, we come together to celebrate the Trinity, to celebrate our Lord God in three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Now this may be very familiar to you, but not to everyone, I'm sure. I am very aware, at sometimes more than others, that I am a work in progress, that I am continually learning, continually making mistakes, but continually growing in faith. And understanding the Trinity is one of those times when I am definitely still learning. Life has been a bit of a roller coaster for me of late, with many assignments to read for, write and hand in on time, but also with family life. And I'll admit, it's been a real struggle. But over these last few weeks, I've also been acutely aware of the roller coaster the disciples were on from Good Friday to Pentecost as they watched Jesus die on the cross, as they were lost for words on that first Easter Sunday as the women came and told them Christ was alive, as they marvelled for 40 days as he walked, talked and ate beside them again and as they watched as he rose back up to heaven before their very eyes. I wonder if that felt like they'd lost him all over again, that they were all alone and facing whatever the coming days and weeks would bring. Persecution, execution even. But then, in that upstairs room, as they met, the unimaginable happened just as Jesus had promised, the Holy Spirit came upon them. So it must have felt like a roller coaster. Death, resurrection, ascension and then Pentecost. And here we are now, celebrating all that means in the Trinity. The Trinity is one of those things, and there are a few, that is really hard to grasp. Every week we say the words of the Creed together. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. When I say those words, I genuinely believe in what I am saying. There is no following the crowd and just reading the words. I mean what I say. I believe. But when I first became a Christian, I didn't really grasp the intricacy of what I was saying. I suppose you could say it was a blind faith. I didn't really understand what it all meant. And that is how Nicodemus feels in his encounter with Jesus. I can identify with Nicodemus in so many ways. I wish things were just more clear just more certain and fitted together in a neat and tidy, understandable way. But that is not how faith works, is it? That is why we say in our communion prayer, great is the mystery of faith. Within these verses, we meet alongside Nicodemus, the three persons of God. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, a Jewish leader, There was a reason he came to visit Jesus after dark. He didn't want to be seen. He didn't want people to see him talking to Jesus. But straight away he acknowledges that he knows there is something different about Jesus. For starters, he calls him rabbi, teacher. 
He says, we all know that God sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Nicodemus knew something was different about this man. But the conversation that ensued must have left him so confused. Jesus told him he must be born again. Understandably, Nicodemus thinks this ridiculous. How on earth can you be born again? Jesus continues to talk of being born of water and the spirit. But I suspect Nicodemus was none the clearer. I'm sure he was still trying to understand the whole concept of being born again, let alone bringing water and the spirit into it. This idea of being reborn is a somewhat strange concept, but think on it in light of the question asked by Canadian philosopher philosopher Jean Vanier. Isn't this desire to be born again in many of us? Don't we often want to start anew, to leave behind past hurts, habits and old ways that imprison us in the values of our society and prevent us from growing towards greater freedom? Vanier is referring to what we may call a clean slate, an opportunity to start again in a new life with Christ. Then Jesus paints a picture to help Nicodemus. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as we can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Jesus is telling him it's not about understanding, it's about having faith. We can't see the Holy Spirit but he is there. And so it is with the Trinity. God is three in one. We can try to explain. In fact, I've heard many different ways to try to explain it in the past. It's like water. It can be liquid, it can be ice, it can be steam, but it's all still water. Or as my youngest explained it to me when she was about five, it's like my big book, the one with three different stories in it, but it's still only one book. Our messy church congregation this week are thinking of the Trinity in terms of an apple, the peel, the flesh and the seeds, and also the three ingredients of making silly putty. We try our best to explain it in terms we can understand, but it really is unexplainable. Great is the mystery of faith. It doesn't help that the Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible. It is our word, our way of trying to explain God. But there are many places in Scripture where the three persons of God are referred to, not in the least by Jesus, as he tells the disciples in Matthew 28 verse 19, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity may not be referred to explicitly in words in the Bible, but the Bible as the story of God shows us the Trinity. God in three persons is revealed through the words if we are willing to see it. 
So as we consider the Trinity, it is not to try and work God out, to totally understand him, but to enable us to worship him. We are trying to understand a little more to grow our faith, but at the end of the day, God is God. We can never understand fully. It is beyond our human reach, as should be. He is God. But the Trinity reveals more of God to us. We meet in the Trinity, God the Father who creates, who is all-powerful. God the Son, Jesus, who shows us the love of God, the saving, redeeming quality of God. Then we have God the Spirit, who shows us God who is with us through all the circumstances of our lives. God the Spirit who brings the Father and the Son alongside us in our hearts and minds, in our everyday lives. The Trinity is not a puzzle to be solved, but an experience to be lived. Jesus gives us a window into what God is like, an example of how to live our lives. The Holy Spirit is God working with us and among us. It is not just to be understood, but a mystery which envelops all things and in which we and all things live. There is a sense of how all things are involved in God. Everything is integrated. In my conversations with people, it is the Holy Spirit that they find the most difficult to understand, just like Nicodemus. We may not understand, but we can experience. I know people who have had amazing experiences of the Holy Spirit, bright lights, voices, dreams and visions. Some of you may have experienced those. But sometimes the Holy Spirit can be a feeling. For me, it is that still small voice, that whisper on the wind, a sudden sense of unexpected peace. I was leading an Alpha group a few years ago. There was a gentleman my gentleman in my group who had been a Christian most of his life and he was now in his 70s. He was an amazingly gentle man with a true sense of God's peace about him. But he said to me one evening, Fiona, I'm quite sad because I've never experienced the Holy Spirit. As I later reflected on that, I wondered what his expectations of the Holy Spirit were. Was it because there'd been no flames of fire and strong winds as we hear about at Pentecost? Was it because he hadn't seen visions and dreams like Jacob as he slept on that stone? In Alpha there is an away day. We had the most lovely day together up at St Mary's in Nampanton. It's a day when we talk about the Holy Spirit. His words were really on my mind as we approached that day and I prayed that he may experience God's presence. At the close of our little group session, I felt it right to pray for them and ask the Holy Spirit to come. As I opened my eyes after a few minutes, I was greeted by the most amazing smile from this gentleman. And I knew. He didn't have to say. It may not all be flames and visions. It may be that moment when a wave of calm comes across you in a time of chaos or as you open the curtains to a beautiful blue sky 
and your heart just smiles. It may be the whisper on the wind. Can I encourage you to open your heart to the Spirit? Seek the Lord's presence with you through the Spirit. For us today, it is the Holy Spirit in the Trinity that can be part of our everyday faith, alongside us in all we do, connecting us to the Father and the Son. How is he encouraging you? How is he working alongside you? Where is he leading you? As you think on that, I'll leave you with some words from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Lord, help me to fix my eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen.